I was meant to be speaking to you about a protest that I attended in Accra, Ghana, in West Africa. This protest was due to take place on the 9th of March. However, it did not go ahead. This protest was born out of a movement called Fix the Country, which is a movement that was calling on the government to end corruption and work in the interest of the majority of Ghanaians. This movement was pointing out that the government has negated on its duty as it relates to healthcare, roads, infrastructure and education. And it was calling on the government to do the right thing. So people were going to take to the streets to show their opposition, to show that the country was broken and that the people that they had just elected only last year in December needed to do something to fix it. However, the government got an injunction citing COVID to stop the protests from happening. So the protests didn't happen. Now, I strongly believe that the protests should have happened, given that the government engaged in a voter registration program, subsequently in an election, which included lots of rallies in lots of towns and cities in this country, in which people observed zero social distancing. So you see, I'm sceptical that they were concerned about COVID the moment we wanted to protest them. And it made me think about the Kill the Boom movement in the UK. The government announced a bill in which it was going to give police more powers to curtail our right to protest. In fact, it it almost stopped us from being able to protest. But people said no. And they took to the streets. Because we have a right to take to the streets when things aren't working for us. We have a right to take to the streets to demand better. And that's what the Kill the Bull movement did. It got out to the streets and it said no to this bill. And the bill included giving 10 years to people who pulled down statues. And that was a direct shot at the Black Lives Matter movement, which pulled down the statue of Edward Colston, a slave trader in the city of Bristol. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the criminalization of LGBT advocacy. Earlier on in this year, the government shut down an LGBT centre, citing the homosexualities against the law. Now, it doesn't say directly in the law that homosexuality is legal, but it's the interpretation of the penal code, which was left over from British colonialism. Something that was exported from Britain to Ghana. Something that Britain, through struggle, because Section 60 happened, in which LGBTQ people were criminalised, they weren't allowed to be talked about, allowed to be taught in schools, in government organisations. But people struggle. You had the Pride movement, people struggled, people protested, and eventually they won. And that is what we must do here in Ghana. We must struggle, we must fight for what is right, for people's rights to exist. And it's very interesting to me because protest is such a hot topic here in in Ghana, right? Even to have a protest on any issues, perhaps one that has nothing to do with the government. You need to get permission for the police, although the law doesn't say so, right? We are guaranteed the right to protest in the law. But it's common practice to ask the police for permission before a protest. And if you don't do this, you will face severe consequences from the law for not asking for permission to protest. 
Now, asking for permission to protest defeats the whole point of a protest. I mean, protesters should make it known that they're going to in order for health and safety. However, explicit permission from the police to protest is a sign of backwardness as far as I'm concerned. However, this is something that people deal with here in Ghana. And it's so interesting to me because the very foundation, the very years that culminated in our independence was filled with mass protest. We protest for our right for self-determination and our protest is the very thing that is criminalized because the people in power now know that it works, know that it can move people, know that we can use it to hold them accountable. So they try to suppress us through the protest and exactly what the Kill the Bill movement is about. It's exactly what the opposition of the bill in the UK is about. Because the government saw the massive Black Lives Matter movement and protests yesterday. I mean, there were Black Lives Matter protests in towns and cities in the UK that there would never been before. Because people were completely outraged by what was happening. And that is why they want to curtail our freedom and our rights to protest. Because protests work. And when we say protests work, I would like you to take a moment to Google the protesters in Glasgow that stopped a family from being deported, from being taken into detention and being deported from the UK on Eid. The UK government specifically went out to detain a Muslim family with the intention of deporting them on Eid. And that community in Glasgow took to the streets. You have people physically put their bodies underneath the van to stop it from moving for hours the whole day. The streets were filled with people who were chanting, who were saying, no, we're not going to let you take these people. These people are part of our community. And that's really it. Protests work. Getting out on the streets work. And a part of me feels very sad because right now the government in Ghana won. They won the first round. They've minimized the movement. They stopped us from going to the streets but they're going to carry on to take the actions that they want to take, which is going to impact the lives of so many Ghanaians. And it makes me incredibly sad, but I really hope that people learn the lesson here, that you can't negotiate with people for your freedom. You have to take a stand. You have to stand in the streets and you have to demand it. And that's the way that you're going to win.